This is Journey Week on Amplify Ambition. I decided to put together the stories of several women that have inspired me, but also have grown their business their own way. The road to entrepreneurship is not one size fits all. Not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, to be a coach, to be a service provider, or even to work in the online space. And so I wanted to bring together some amazing women. You can hear their story. You can definitely learn from them. But I also want to make sure you know that your journey in entrepreneurship, again, it's not one size fits all. And you have to do what works for you and your life and your own personal growth journey on top of the type of business you decide to run. So I hope you enjoy these four stories over the next four days. This is Journey Week on Amplify Ambition. Welcome back to another episode of Amplify Ambition. I'm so excited for today's guest. She brands herself as the career nomad, and I love how she makes it so simple for us to recognize that you can be focused and very intentional on the career that you're building, whether you're in corporate America or in the entrepreneurial space or anywhere in between. So welcome to the show, Patrice Lindo. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's so good to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to you because it's just powerful to be sitting in the room with someone like yourself that's taken a chance and also sharing it with the masses globally. So I'm excited to talk. Absolutely. So we connected, oh, I don't know, summer 2021 or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and it's it's been interesting because we have so many things in common, but yeah, we have very different career paths at the same time um, from, you know, a Jamaican heritage to being like an Enneagram type eight, um, you know, and the, but you come from, you know, professional like management consulting. And so I'd love to hear a little about your background and what even got you interested in the entrepreneurial space because those are extreme opposites oh i know um, right on paper right they're just so different but before we dive into your story and the work that you do and how you serve others multi-passionate is how i built my brand and really kind of entered the online space and so we all have many things that we bring to the table so when we're not seeing you talk about all things career development what is that thing that you really care about you're passionate about but it's not necessarily on brand for the career nomad would you believe music so music in the consumption of and the energy that it drives so as you mentioned you know we're both of jamaican heritage but i absolutely like music literally i can feel it from my toes right up to my head especially when i like it so my like for music is it's just it's eclectic right i like trap music i like neo soul of course i love reggae but not even all reggae like dance hall yes you put dance hall on beanie man you don't even know that i'm like somebody's mother you're like wait a minute go get her because she's out here wild that those are the things that really just make me light up um all types of music i've always loved it i took piano lessons for what 15 years still hate the piano, love the music. Um, I think that was more about the teacher, but that's for another day. <laughs> but I mean, love music. I mean, I have professional opera singers in my family, professional piano and instrument players in my family, but music has always just been the rhythm and the soul of who I am. And that's what's really gotten me through, you know, some of the hardest and happiest times of my life, you know, from 
um, Barney singing the Barney song with my kids to, you know, For You by Kenny Lattimore. That was my wedding song to, you know, Three Little Birds, you know, by Bob Marley. You know, it's just very, very eclectic. But I mean, music has just been just one of the most life-changing things for me. And I feel like I really come into who I am when I really listen to the words, when I really feel the rhythm of the music. Like I am almost a half a century old and I still ride with my music loud and the bass bumping in my car. So my kids are like, mom, no. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, so, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's my multi-passionate thing. And what I do is I use that, especially for inspiration, because there are a lot of times when, you know, for me anyway, it's like the way you would go to the library and choose a book, for example, you know, I literally will wake up in the morning. I'm like, Oh, what do I feel like today? And instead of turning on the TV, you know, I will listen to, you know, maybe YouTube, right. Listen to different like binaural beats and, you know, music and different chants and so on, because that gets me in the space. And then there are other times when I got to push out work, you know, and I turn on, you know, trick daddy, you know what I mean? Cause I grew up in Florida, you know what I mean? It just depends. So music is my passion. And that's what I spend a lot of time doing outside of my work. I, I love that. So another thing for me, so I grew up doing musical theater, so not quite the same as Trick Daddy, um, no, but, no, no. but absolutely that music, whether you're happy, sad, or somewhere yep. in between, you need motivation or you need yep. to relax. Like there's a song or a genre for everything that you could possibly be, be going oh, yeah. on. And I'm definitely that person who has like her get it done, you know, yes. Spotify playlist of yes, like, yes, yes. I need to be in the zone that does not have Trick Daddy on it, but has some Nicki Minaj. Yes, I'm yes. like, the craziest part is that I have subscriptions to Pandora, Apple Music, and Spotify. And trust, Shazam is my boo, because I'm like, oh, what is that? And I hold up the Shazam, you know, to look at it. And funny story, <laughs> I thought of Shazam before Shazam happened like 20 years ago. Like I was riding in a car with my husband. I was like, who sings this song again? I was like, we need something that we could just be like, listen to this. Like, and I, I couldn't describe it, right? Because I'm a non-techie techie, but I was like, I need something that I can be like, listen to this and it tells me what it is and it brings up all of that. And that just speaks to listening to the little nudges and the intuition that you have because a lot of times, a lot of us get ideas like that, right? And literally we don't know what to do with them or life happens and you forget until I saw Shazam and I was like, oh, Sean, look, this is what I was you know how many of those moments do you have so we'll talk about it more but that's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing now because now I listen to those nudges those nudges if you don't follow them they'll be given to somebody else so you should follow your nudges yeah no I love that I mean that's like a whole podcast episode in itself right there <laughs> yes. um, really though how many times do we dismiss our thoughts because it just seems so out there and so extreme and like and I'm not, not trying to be that. Lane, right? Yeah. In lane, but it's a passion, right? Because music is a passion of mine. I wanted to kind of have it on demand and I wanted something that, you know, could help me. And I knew computers could do it. I just didn't know how. Yeah. So then it's a matter of like, okay, I need a techie person to yep. figure yep. out what my brain is. Give them the idea and then we, we bang it out, right? What that right. looks like. That's how a lot of tech is actually created from an idea. Usually exactly. the textures are not creating the ideas. Usually they can put together the ideas, but they need creative people like you and me to be like, can such and such do such and such? You know, exactly. and it sounds really wild because you're going to have people be like, no, of course again. And then you have somebody like, well, maybe like we could put this with this and then this with that. And before you know it, you have a whole 
multi-billion right. dollar app. <laughs> right. We've been having Chinese food and pizza delivered us to us for so long, but like, oh, look, all the restaurants in the world can do this too. Yes. But it takes someone to say, okay, let's make it happen. But I want to dive into, you know, the work that you do. And again, like what got you started? So obviously you have a pretty significant corporate background, but then you've been able to translate a lot of those experiences as an entrepreneur to now help other people do it. So tell me everything I want to know from the beginning to the end, but you know, in five minutes, share your journey with us as well. Got it. So I work as a senior manager at one of the um, larger consulting firms, um, Accenture, as a senior manager in leadership and culture, their um, strategy practice. And the work that I do there is very much rooted in a mix of accountability, authenticity, you know, changing the narrative of corporate America as we show up. Because as we've seen over the last, what, 18 months, almost two years, we're in the midst of something big happening, right? Whether you call it the great resignation, the great awakening, you know, employees, the, 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 the person that's holding the keys to the kingdom is changing. Right. If and even if they're even if the original holders are still holding it, employees have more of a leg to stand on. And I think people are holding this and don't even realize it a lot of times because we get used to, right? It's almost like boiling frog syndrome. We get used to bad situations. And when I say bad, that's relative, but unhappy situations, situations where we're not able to blossom like we used to because it's normal. It's what we do all the time. And that happens at work as well. And so what I did or what I experienced now, I'm going to go back to probably about 2005, is that I've always been some kind of teaching role, whether I was in healthcare, whether I was in real estate, you know, whether I was in college tutoring, I've always liked to take big pieces of information, i.e. a course to get certified on XYZ and hack it, right? What are the key pieces? Like if, if, if I had to say this in 10 minutes, something that was delivered in an hour, how would I boil it down, right? Get to the point, you know, really quickly so that people have what they need to get going. And so <laughs> it's so funny, all of the jobs that I've had, I, I will usually volunteer to take those courses, bring back the, me the message, you know, the learning to the masses, cut out the fluff and people can get it and go. And I think it's been in my blood because we have a long line of teachers, you know, Jamaicans, you know, if you're not a teacher or a nurse, you're, you're playing with your lives. Especially as a woman, like what? You, you're playing, you're playing, you know, type thing. So it's been in my blood. And so um, as of 2005, by then our kids were really small and we had three daughters. And um, at that point we were married almost 10 years. But, you know, you begin to think about what you want life to look like, right? You know, you want to get beyond, you know, the kids are going out their clothes, you know, and you, you're trying to swap them out as you can pay for one and two. And I was like, you know, what is it like to be like, everybody gets fill in the blank today, you know? And I knew that where we were, because at that time I had just finished my first master's, the kids are small, you know, teaching was okay, but it didn't pay. That's just the reality of it, right? It didn't pay. And even with a two income household, we were still, you know, very much so struggling. And I've always been the nerdy one, you know, so I was like, well, I'm going to go back to school because I can't just be here popping out kids. I'm going back to school. I'm going to go figure some stuff out because if I have this piece of paper, I really believed in the master's, you know, phenomenon, I'm going to call it, you know, the more you have, the more you make, you know, because that's what it needs. That's what it, that's what it takes. So I got my master's in business administration and 
um, started to work um, and take my kids to school with me because I was teaching. And then as I was at school, you know, sometimes the beauty of one conversation can change your life. I saw a mother that came to school dropping her kids off and boy, she looks so nice, like hair done, makeup, you know, business suit. And I was like, huh, what does she do? And so, you know, you have this internal chatter because I, at the time I was teaching business, I was teaching Spanish and I happened to be in the office, she, um, the administration office. And I saw her. And so one day I, I bit the bullet because I've been thinking about it. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask him, but I felt nervous to ask her. I don't know why, because that's not even who I am. Um, but I asked, her, I was like, so, you know, Ms. So-and-so, what do you do? And so she goes, oh, I'm an instructional designer. I said, what is that? Because I'd never heard of this before. And she goes, oh, well, you do it every day. She was like, I just take content, break it down into chunks, and then show people how to learn. So whether it's, you know, the different platforms or whether I'm teaching a class or whatever, electronically or face-to-face, I basically create learning. I was like, say what? I was like, <laughs> and they call that something? And she was like, yes, curriculum development, instructional design. I was like, so how do you get, you know, like certified? How do you do this? She goes, oh, no, no, no you don't have to get certified. She was like, first of all, you probably already have your master's because I did have my first one. She goes, just go back, find one of those online schools, get a, a master's in education, look for instructional designer technology. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, okay, but tell me the skinny, how much you made though? Because now I'm not just going to school to go to school. I want to make it make sense. So she was like, oh, you can make like 100K. I was like, because I'm at the school making 24. Girl, 100 is feeling like making money. Like, okay, how am I going to do this? So literally, you know, sometimes, Kristen, you get advice and you sit on it. And sometimes you get advice and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, this one? Like, I literally left that conversation, got on the computer, found the school, signed up. Like, within 24 hours, I was in a program that was starting, like, the next month because it was AIU. I know it's AIU. It's not Harvard. But at that point, I just wanted the paper, right? I didn't care. I just wanted the paper from an accredited school, and it was online. So I could literally float my life, you know, around the the, the, um, actual courses. Got it done, I think, in like 10 months or something like that. And as I was finishing that up now, because I'm thinking I'm going to go find, you know, instructional design jobs, right? You know, as I was finishing up, the one of the advisors in my program says to me, so listen, now you have two masters with a whole lot of debt and three kids. What are you going to do for work? Because you got to pay off this, you know, bill. I was like, yeah, no. And so I was like, do you have any ideas? She goes, well, have you thought of consulting? And I thought, no, because I don't have no tech background. Like what? Because at that point, consultants were only like computer engineers with pocket protectors looking like a nerd, right? I'd never seen anybody else being consultant. She was like, well, you know, Ernst & Young, PwC, Accenture, you know, she named off these companies. She goes, you may not be able to get in to begin with. She said, but you're in Atlanta, find a small boutique firm that you can go in, cut your teeth, and then you can transition into the bigger companies once you get some experience under your belt, but get to work. And I was like, okay. Literally on these people job, girl, I started looking for jobs and started, you know, tweaking my resume. This was the early beginnings of like looking at places like LinkedIn, Indeed, Monster. Remember Monster? I'm de- dating myself, but Monster. I'm a recruiter. I know all these things. <laughs> Listen, right? You know, so I'm looking at all these things because I'm like, well, you know, I have to convert like my, I, I didn't have the words for this, but I had to convert my resume to a consultant's resume, right? So I'm like looking at these jobs and saying, well, I can do this. I can do that. And like doing this real rudimentary copy paste. Like, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but identifying my transferable skills, right? Being able to speak their language. And this is like circa now 2008. 
long story short, got hired by a small firm here, just like she said, just like this, my salary went from 20 to 60K. Like what felt like overnight. I was like, yes, this is working. And then I got like my first bonus, which is like 20K, which felt like, oh, wait, like they're paying, they're making money like this. They're normal people that I know because I'm one of them making money like this. This just felt like, okay. The balance was that this was right around 2008. Well, by 2009, we had the crash and everybody's laid off. So then we're like, what do we do? So again, the benefit of having a profession, because I don't know if your mom is like this, don't bother with them degree, get a profession so you can't work anywhere. And I'm like, okay, this is when it really, like the rubber hit the road because, because I was an instructional designer, when we had to relocate with the crash, because my husband got a job in the West Coast, I literally had a job. I was looking here for a job for a year, got a job there in two weeks. Contract, but got a job in two weeks. At a semiconductor firm doing what? Instructional design. So I was like, oh my God, like this is really a thing. Got the job, worked at for a year. Then because of the experience I got and being out in the workforce, I got hired by Accenture and that's it. Like literally I went from Accenture, from working that contract up to working at Accenture, stayed at Accenture, got promoted once, stayed at Accenture from 2010, 2010 to 2018, hit a ceiling. That's the thing with me, right? You know how our Enneagram works. We get, we get bored, right? We're like, all right, what else you got? You know, but it worked because I was like one of the first, like in my familiar network to be working from home, for example, because of the work I was doing, I could be picking kids up and have my computer beside me, right? I did not have to go into an office, so to speak. And I worked in operations. So I could work literally from anywhere. So we could be traveling and I had my computer with me and I was like, yo, I don't found a way to get paid and be where I want to be. Like, how does this work? You know? So I did that. And then I hit that glass ceiling because I was like, I want to do something else. But the team that I was on just didn't, they didn't get it. Let me call it that. So I literally was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to go back and see what else is out there in the land to see what's going to happen. So I literally just started tweaking my resume. I started tweaking my LinkedIn profile. Again, hearkening back to when I had that talk with the, the counselor. The counselor was like, get a job. I was back in that mode without even really knowing it. Deloitte reaches out and recruits. And they're like, hey, we've been watching you. We want to talk to you. And I was like, we do. Okay. What you, what you, what you got going on? You know, type conversation. So that was the first promotion. So I got to Deloitte. I was at Deloitte, not even three months. The grass didn't grow under my feet. KPMG called and they were like, hey girl. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just got here. Like, no, no, maybe, maybe you didn't see. Cause I had put it on my LinkedIn. Like I didn't like try to trick anybody. They were like, no, no, no. We're starting up this practice and we're looking for young rock stars and we want to promote you and bring you on. Okay. So this is the second time now in less than a year that I'm getting recruited. Right. And I'm like, this is an opportunity. I'm going through this door. And literally the people around me with the exception of my husband was like, you can't leave the people them good, good job. You just got there. You're going to look flight, you know, how our people do. Projecting. And I was like, forget it, y'all. I'm going, right? And that's when I learned to stop talking about what I'm doing. I just started moving and started doing my thing and looking for that validation, right? So got to KPMG. I'm there. Boom. Everything's going okay. Then I get hurt. We went on a trip last year. And I literally fell as we were going whitewater rafting, broke my ankle. First time in 48 years I had ever broken anything. It beat childbirth by like a million. Like I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus's face that day. <laughs> I was like, 
I, the joke is I was somewhere between vomiting, pooping, and peeing and dying at one point when I fell and broke my, I mean, it was like nothing I had ever experienced. So long story short, I was home and resting, literally recuperating now, like relearning how to walk, minding my business and running my business. Cause by then I was like, this is the thing I'm going to teach other people. So I had started career nomad. Um, in January, 2020, just, you know what? The weekend Kobe Bryant died. Literally the weekend Kobe Bryant died was when I got my LLC papers because I wanted to solidify this coaching thing. I wanted to teach people what I do because I was like, I don't think we know this. You know, we, as in women that look like me and you know this, like we know how to go out and get a job, but I don't think we know how to really use what we know and leverage it to meet the goals that we have personally. So because of that, what I did was when I started it and then I broke my ankle, I was like, well, while I'm home recuperating, I'm going to continue to work on me, right? My mindset, getting my visibility up, you know, talking to more people, things like fishbowl, starting my blog, but really finding that pace. Talk about that multi-passion, right? So I love blogging. I love talking to people. The introvert, no, the introvert loves talking to people. What I realized is that you can be who you are situationally. So like this, fine. Put me in a room of people where I'm talking about career coaching, fine. Put me in a room where I'm talking about career coaching. I'm sorry, change management, fine. Don't put me in a room of people with no topic or something that I don't care about. Because then I'm going to be like, uh, I'm uh, the exact same way. I can <laughs> talk leadership yeah. and Enneagram for 27 yeah. hours, nonstop, yeah. no water break. Anything else? Yeah, you're you're like, quiet. Give me some headphones. So it's so funny because different people will meet me and be like, oh, she's so quiet or she's so you know, stuck up, bitchy, whatever. And the other people are like, what? Patrice is the life of the party. I'm like, yeah, girl, look, everybody doesn't see that side. Like, you know, everybody doesn't get a piece, but Career Nomad helped to bring that out so that more people do see that. So anyway, I was home recuperating. And then last, uh, early this year, um, Accenture reached back out and they were like, hey, we want to talk to you. I was like, you do? What do, you, what, do you, what do you got to talk about? And so long story short, they were starting up a new practice again and I got another promotion and I just love it. So that's why I do the work that I do because I'm living the story that I'm telling people that they can have for themselves. You know what I mean? If they are in a role or if they are working in a job or even in a business that does not light them up or excite them or somehow feed into their passions, there's a way to do it. You can have it. You can have it all. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be yes and. And so I teach people how, excuse me, how to speak results, both, you know, in my day-to-day -day job and in the work that I do with Career Nomad. And that's taking, you know, someone like yourself, for example, you're working as a recruiter and you also have started your own business as a podcast, but have you tapped into your ideal client? You know, who is your ideal client? What problems do they have that you can help them think through and solve for themselves? You know, how can you teach them to fish as opposed to giving them fish? And just that process of taking people through that almost empowerment phase of their lives, it can happen for anybody that's ready. But the readiness is usually where people get stuck because they have the narratives of what they should be doing, could be doing, or possibly have failed at before. They have the need for validation that, you know, you will, you know, if you do the work, grow through in addition to their own, I would call it misgivings about their capabilities, because a lot of us have a lot of gifts that we never even tap into. Like you could never tell me that I would have a business that I'd be running that I can either give corporate talks about corporate management. I mean, sorry about change management or even teach people how to monetize their skills or teach people how to identify their transferable skills that are hot in the market so that they can position themselves in places like LinkedIn or have the conversations where 
organizations that, that are looking for the skills that you have will be focused on you and what you have to offer. Because in the last six years, I haven't applied to any jobs. All I did was show up as who I was. I talked about who I was interested in or what I was interested in unapologetically and things come to you literally and people don't believe it but it can happen so that's what I do that's probably longer than five minutes <laughs> it's totally fine I wasn't timing you uh, but I think it's really important I love that you you've said you know I just put myself out there but I think the other thing is how many times do we have the opportunity literally knock on our door, right? The recruiter's calling you, the client is asking to work with you and we slam the door back in their face of like, now's not a good time. Nope. Maybe next year, maybe nope. next week. And so I love that you said, hey, yeah, you wanna talk to me? Let's explore where this is going. It might be an opportunity, it might not work out, but yeah. having that conversation to see what those possibilities are versus yeah. immediately saying, Absolutely no. Well, I just started this job three months ago. Absolutely no, I won't see what's happening. Okay, yeah. I started a job three months ago, but you're offering me three million. We will have a conversation, whatever oh. that might look oh. like. You know, well, what I also thing. teach people is that they can become the boundary that they're looking for, right? So for example, if, so, if, an, if a recruiter gets in my inbox and like, hey, Patrice, you know, we see this position. I'm like, okay, fine. What's the total compensation? And why are you looking for someone for this role? Was there someone in this role that wasn't successful? Is it an expansion? Is it a new, you know, endeavor? Like, what are your expectations? I even asked the question, what made you reach out to me? I asked that question. Patrice 10 years ago would not have asked that question. You ask those questions so it informs your narrative like, okay, so people are coming to me because I'm good at X, Y, Z, or I represent blah, blah, blah in the marketplace. And that's what's calling people in. And that helps to hone your own brand. It helps to own your narrative and it helps you to own your magic. That's what I tell people all the time, because there's people out there looking just for what you have to offer, but we're usually not very good at saying that, right? Because we were raised to not be too much, not to be braggy, not to be, I'm like, listen, be braggy, be whatever, but you channel that 25-year-old Chad that's out there in his too tight pants and his pointy hair and his skinny tie that you're like, I wish he would sit down. I was like, no, channel him. Channel him and the way he talks about the nothingness that he does, the mediocrity, but we're doing real work. You know what I'm saying? We're doing things that really are moving, you know what I mean? The narrative as to what success looks like in corporate America, what success looks like in entrepreneurship. And this doesn't speak, you know, let me just be clear for every, you know, Chad or Brad. All I'm saying is there's a persona, at least that I've seen, right? With someone that, you know, talks too much, that just talks about nothing all the time and is just loud. But guess what? People listen. So how can you embody who you need to be to show up in a, in a space and in a way that is confident about what you're able to do. And it's not apologetic because we tend to sometimes say, I don't know, but, or the last time I did it, this happened. It's like, no, you know, your space of work, you know, your experience, you are the expert on the work you've done to this point. So you can say, listen, when it comes to change management, it's important that you talk about the behaviors necessary and you demonstrate those behaviors and you reinforce those behaviors with what you start, stop and continue. You know, it's important that you use these principles when you're using a powered approach to take people from a legacy system to a new implementation or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, stand in your experience because you have that experience and do not give away that power because that level of confidence reinforces not only who you are, but what you are and what you bring to the table 
in other words, how you drive results. Yeah, and it's that awareness that we have that allows us to be leaders in the work that we're doing, whether that is in a corporate job, a nine to five, or in the entrepreneurial space. If you have an online business and you decided to even think about having an online business, well, thinking yeah. about it's one thing, but the action of actually starting it, that by default makes you a leader. You don't have to have 10K yeah. months. You don't need a team of 30 people. The For fact sure. that you're out here delivering a service, a product, offering some type of transformation with the people that you're doing, that makes you a leader. And to say, okay, I know what my magic is. I'm going to own what makes me good at it. For many of us, it is education. For a mm -hmm. lot of us, it is five, 10, 30 years of mm -hmm. corporate experience. But then to say, okay, here are my passions on top of it. And that's exactly it, right? I Most entrepreneurs, most leaders in a broad sense of the term, pastors, lawyers, teachers, entrepreneurs are actually introverts. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with being, actually most motivational speakers are right, also introverts yeah. um, yep. as well. And a lot of us think like, oh, loud and talkative equals extrovert. Not at all. Yep. <laughs> you put me in my lane. You put yep. me in my area of expertise and the thing that I've spent 20,000 hours practicing and learning, you're mm -hmm. not shutting me up. Mm -hmm. Even if you paid me, you still won't shut me Very up. True. Very you know, true. Kind of thing. And so I'm curious, what are some of the things that you, I know you predominantly work with women of color, but in general, when you're speaking to your clients or even in, you know, with your corporate um, clients as well, what are some of those rules for success that you're like, these are the things I want you to nail. This is the foundation that you need to have so you can confidently show up and own what it is that you do. Oh my goodness. So you know me, this is my space. So I'm a little extra with this. It's not two to three. There are actually five things. Five Go things. for it. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, for those of us in teaching or education, it's a framework that's called Addy, right? And so it's really what we use to be able to generate learning that is 360 degree, you know, that's addressed the needs of the learner, you know, the content and how they can retain that language. I mean, that, that new knowledge. Well, for me, Addy in my practice means align. So align with your true North, right? Your true calling, which is an evolution. It doesn't happen, you know, overnight, but what helps you to make you feel, you know, when you're in your right space. So the first one is align then dream. If you had to dream about what you would be doing, I mean, I shudder. Somebody said, what do you really want to do? Where do you light up? Dream about that times 10, right? Get yourself in that headspace. Then decide, take action, take decisive action because your results are a reflection of your beliefs. So do you trust your value? Do you trust that you're in the world making a difference? And if you're not, what do you need to do? Even if it's tiny actions, if it's that, you know, you want to lose weight, are you drinking water? And if you don't drink water, start with 12 ounces and move to, you know, half of your body weight or whatever it is. If you want to get an advanced degree, you know, start with taking one, you know, free class online, you know, in DEI or whatever the case might be, but take decisive action. I innovate. How can you find places to infuse who you are into every meaningful conversation? So if you are at work and you're passionate about being an author, talk about the importance of getting your voice heard, for example. It may not have nothing to do with the price of tea in China, but people get to understand that you are solid in what it is that's important when it comes to you and how you can have your voice heard. And the, fast, the last one is evolve. And by evolve, I mean by taking those first four steps, 
you show up in the world differently. So when you get into new spaces, for example, or you get into familiar spaces, but you've changed, stay true to who you are. So you remember I was saying to you, for example, you know, when I was changing jobs and that's how I birthed Career Nomad, I stopped telling people that couldn't understand because they didn't get the message I got. I was evolving, but that didn't mean I wouldn't go to Turkey. I mean, to Thanksgiving dinner, right? I would go to Thanksgiving dinner, but just be like, well, I'm doing something different now. Or I wouldn't even have that conversation. Or the evolved portion of me of, boy, let me tell you, I made some changes. You may want to think about it because what you're doing is not really working, you know, type thing. But it's a process. Go ahead and honor who you are and evolve. So align, dream, decide, innovate, and evolve. Those are the five things that I tell people to do. And that applies whether it's a personal goal, whether it's a business goal, whether it's a career goal, whether it's even a relationship goal. It's something that it really provides that short footing. You know, they talk about a three-legged stool, but for me, it's a five-legged stool to make sure that you are securely, you know, anchored in who you are and what gifts you come in the world to give. I love that. And I mean, who doesn't want a solid foundation? So if you're able to take those five steps, not just three, you know, you are able to, to know that, okay, I've built a strong foundation for whatever I'm going next. And, and that you can apply it literally from weight loss to a job promotion or starting a business or whatever else, you know, might be on your list of things to accomplish. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, Anyone who doesn't have a framework for what they teach, in my opinion, should not be teaching anything. Come on. So, <laughs> Come on. It's a loop one. <laughs> right. So yes, it's like, yes, yes. If, if, if you will call yourself a coach, what is your framework? Um, but that's another topic. <laughs> Anyways, oh, maybe goodness. I'll do a podcast on that. But, yes, you know, yep. it's, it's really important for you. And I like that you started it with aligning alignment in your dream. Because a lot of times we're like reaching for someone else's dream or we're chasing something that actually stresses us out. Like, yes, I want to be a millionaire, but I'm going to do it on my rules. Like I could be a drug dealer and become a millionaire probably in three months, but I have thoughts about drugs. So not the choice (laughs) that I'm going to make. And I'm picking a really extreme example, but how many of us did the career that our parents told us to do and never but it was reinforced. It was reinforced. It's a Pavlovian response, right? Because they would literally kill you. I know our ours would be like, so you know, listen to me. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm I mean, supposed to be a pediatrician and I still hear Dr. Edwards and I'm like, y'all need to let go of it because I let go a long time ago. Y'all but need here's the irony in this. And I will speak this over you. You can definitely be a doctor, but it could be a doctor of letters. Yeah, a doctor just won't of be medicine. Correct. Honorary doctorate. Because listen, I'm putting it out in the ethers. I do have the dream of becoming a doctor, but I'm not going to school. They're going to give me an honorary <laughs> one for the work I'm doing in the world. There's many ways to skin a cat, just like becoming a millionaire or getting the job of your dreams or having the business of your dreams. With one thing, that can change. And it doesn't take hard work. Grace and ease is what it takes. Belief and alignment in who you are and what you came to do and taking those actions, taking the steps. Shoot, this podcast, listen, Michelle Obama could listen to this. And before we know it, you're like, oh my God, Patrice, I had to hire 10 people because my podcast is blown up and they want me to go speak on TED. Big TED. Everyone listening, please send this link to Michelle Obama. (laughs) Hello. Come on. You laughing, but Look, it could happen. No, I'm serious. I really do mean something. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I am laughing, but I'm also serious. 
look deadly serious for sure. Yeah, for sure. But that that's the foundation for everything that you're doing, right? Aligning in that dream. But then the most important thing in order to really amplify your ambition or to step up as an effective leader is that decision making. And it's yeah. the one step step we all want to skip. And I don't blame you for naturally wanting to skip that step. Like, why can't somebody else tell me what content to post and why can't someone else tell me what song to listen to next you know kind of a thing but in truly stepping up as a leader and owning who you are and becoming the ceo and the boss or whatever title you want to give yourself it really comes from making those decisions and i like how you described it as decisive action because making a decision and stepping out into that next step of it you know is really what makes you um an actually successful person is taking action. Leadership is about action. And so I just love, I mean, I could keep going forever with yours with the innovation and obviously evolving because if you're not changing, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. And, you know, my guess is you don't want to die. Um, And so (laughs) making assumptions on people, but literally that, right? If a plant is not growing, if it's not getting the sunlight and the water and the nutrients, it literally wilts and dies. Mm -hmm. And so even though I like to think that I'm way more involved than a plant, you know, it's the same concept. I need to be making the changes to grow and evolve in my personal life, in my business goals, as a mom, as a, as a colleague, whatever it might be, all the roles that we play in life, in our community of saying, okay, I'm going to become the best version of myself. I'm going to create the best life that I can for myself and my family and my loved ones. And that comes with recognizing what's going on, resetting, making those changes, adapting, moving forward, um, but also standing firm, again, with your alignment, with your dreams, with the confident choices that you're making um, as well. And then again, to like, what sets you apart, that innovative idea, that new concept of like, well, we're not all going to take three steps. Some of us are going to take five um, as well. So, you know, but again, having that confidence, I love that you have that five steps. I love that you have a framework because again, if you don't have a framework, I'm judging you. Um, (laughs) Side eye, like, uh no, but I'll tell you to your face because that is, that is me. I'll let you know. Um, (laughs) as well as how I, how I think about things, but, you know, thank you so much for, for sharing that insight. And I like, if you guys didn't take notes, go rewrite, read (laughs) this podcast and go, go back and write those five steps down. But that Addy framework of really saying, this is where I want to go. And that's how I'm going to get there. Um, and for so many people that are dabbling, do I want to coach? Do I want to be a consultant? Should I be a service provider only to entrepreneurs or in the corporate space? Like you've literally proven you can do both. You can make it happen, right? You create the schedule that works for you. And I'm not yep. saying every single person out here needs to be both corporate and entrepreneurial. Right, right, right. You have to do what works for you. What works for you and what gives you joy. Like if it's lighting you up, then go for it. And if you all of a sudden want to retreat and put on headphones and recognize that about the work that you're doing as well. Very much so, very much so. So thank you for sharing so much insight, for sharing your journey um, and the work that you do, how you serve. If people are coming down, winding down this podcast, what is that one thing that you want people to remember you by, the legacy that you're creating, not just as the career nomad, but also as Patrice in general? What is that legacy? Treat yourself with grace and ease and allow the life that you want and desire to evolve. And that doesn't mean, you know, laying in bed and just saying, well, okay, universe or God or Buddha, I'm here. That means 
life is full of, in my opinion, a lot of lessons, not mistakes. Life is full of a lot of what people would call bumps or learnings. Life is full of a lot of, you know, surprises, you know, things that we didn't anticipate, but I'll tell you one quick thing. I had an uncle that passed away, his sins passed away, but growing up, he was like kind of mean and crotchety, you know, he was always like, right. That's how, but here's the funny thing. At the beginning of my life, he was like one of, he was the first person to take me out in the snow. And then in the past two years, he just like, he blossomed into like, I, I call him my uncle daddy. Like he, he just became like this, this, like this mush pot, like super sweet. And he died from cancer. Like in the midst of us just in this really good, I mean, he showed up for me emotionally in ways that I just didn't even know he had the capacity for, you know, in ways that I didn't, to be honest, in ways that far be it for me to say he didn't show up for others that he probably should have, right? But he showed up like literally randomly. He just called me two years ago. He was like, hey, Therese. And I was like, hey, you know, kind of surprised because we didn't talk. And then it got to a place where we talked almost like every week. I mean, we saw each other a couple of times. I mean, we had a good, good, good time. He went from just being this real nice person as a kid to this crotchety old man back to this nice person. And he was dead, like literally. And allow yourself to have those experiences. Allow yourself the grace it takes to expand because you'll expand in different ways, but treat yourself kindly with grace and ease. All the things you want will happen. You can visualize, pray about, meditate, everything that you want and do that. And then write it down religiously. There's something to be said about future scripting. Write it down and then literally review it every month. I mean, to me, write every day, but review what you've written every month. And you'll begin to see the power of your thoughts, the power of your mindset, the power of your intentions. And that doesn't mean that things won't happen, but we are more powerful than we think we are. We have truthfully earned just by being alive, the things of our heart, the desires of our heart. And if we allow that to happen, meaning to allow life to happen and for everything that we want to come to us, you'd be surprised at what happens. I never thought I would be where I am today. Three kids, married 25 plus years, working for a large company, owning my own company, but first of all I didn't even think I was gonna live to 49 so let's just start there like I'm like I'm almost a half century old like I mean just looking back you know regardless of your spiritual beliefs for me God is so amazing like I have three daughters I didn't even like kids like where did these people come from I mean but I love them like they are my friends break the narrative challenge the narrative disrupt whatever, you know, you may have been told if it doesn't work for you, or if you don't know how it works for you, you can press pause on things you want to, you can press go on things you want to, and don't pay attention, you know, to the noise, you know what I mean? And nobody's off limit from the noise. Those are the things, at least that I have learned. Those are my learnings over these last, you know, you can be pacing along, you know, for for the first 45 years and that 45 something happens. And it's just like, you do 50 years work in five or what feels like 50 years work in five. Something happened to me in that time where I was like, you know what? There's some things I wanna do and I'm going after them. Go after them, allow them, but go after them. Rest, have fun and love on you first and everything else will fall in place. 
So yeah. that's not my management consulting, right? That's not in anybody's book, but that's my life experience. And I'm just truly grateful just to even be sitting here with you. But I think that's the thing that a lot of times, especially, you know, if you're an ambitious person who's out here starting a business, running, whatever, getting that promotion, a lot of times we're going so fast and we're chasing that next milestone of whatever it is. And you forget like, oh, I'm allowed to take a nap. Yep. Oh, I'm allowed to. And not just that I went on two weeks vacation in Hawaii stuff, but literally like. I might need to take a nap on my lunch break today, you know, type of, of moments, recognizing what fuels you, recognizing what stresses you out and then listening to that. But I think most importantly, like you're allowed to have a bad day. You're allowed to have an off moment. You're allowed to grieve a family member or any type of loss, even if it's a professional loss, grieve that moment and give yourself the grace that you need to get through that situation before you get back up and start running again. Yeah. Well, well. And we also have a success amnesia because in that running, we also forget the the wins we've had in between. Mm-hmm. Like I, you was like, okay, tell me what happened in, you know, the five minute version of like how you got here. Two master's degrees, three kids, married 25 years, lived on two coasts, you know, work. I mean, it's like, yo, like you Those are have, wins. Yeah. Right. You know, like, <laughs> pause you've done a lot lady like you're not like sitting in the corner somewhere not sure what you're doing with your life type Mm. thing you know so we also have to work through that success amnesia because we don't we're not always very good at celebrating what we've done and we do need to do that too yeah absolutely yes and it's not it's not just the I made a million dollars goal oh yeah why do you want that million dollars what did you do to get there? Hopefully all legal things, but also like, how is your mental health on the way? Right. How is your physical health how's along your the way? Yeah. You know, how it emotionally, physically, spiritually, all the things, how are you actually doing, working towards whatever that goal is as well? So I love that reminder of giving yourself grace and ease um, and taking that time of whatever it is that you need to pause, to reset, to celebrate before Listen, continuing on that journey because baby i keep that therapist on lock i see yeah. her because we got to balance this out right balance that expansion out balance that growth out but balance the every day i'm gonna choke my husband out you know stuff <laughs> <laughs> or he's gonna choke me you know what i mean it's just life is lifing right we need those things in pay, in place you know so oh my goodness Kristen, thank you so much Oh my goodness. So thank you so much. This was a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Um, for everyone listening, you can find Trees at The Career Nomad on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And so I will make sure that I drop those links on your website and everything so that they can, you know, connect with you. Um, is, do you have a favorite like LinkedIn, Instagram? Is there one that you're like, I'm on this place every day compared to another? So, you know, we talk about multi-passionate. So I'm on LinkedIn for like, I call it school, but like <laughs> I call Instagram like Schoolhouse Rock. Remember we were growing up, Schoolhouse Rock, little mm-hmm. after school specials. So I get like gossip stuff from from um, Instagram. So I like it, and then LinkedIn for like my schooling, so to speak, or if I have something to share, you know, I'll, I'll go on there. So those two, I'd say, are my favorites. I would say more than anything else, and you know, just connecting with real human people. You know, that's how you and I met. You know, literally just like, hey we have some things in common. Let's chat, you know? And that's my safe space. That's my, my, my place that I really just, I don't know. I thrive. And I like, I like helping people, you know, learn how to disrupt the narrative. You know what I mean? I like people that are willing to just say, well, you know what? 
things are okay, but it could be better. Or you know what? Things are amazing right now. And this is why, you know what I mean? I like people that show up authentically. So that's why I think, at least for me, those two are the best. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I'll definitely drop those links for people to reach out and connect. Um, after you're done sending this link to Michelle Obama, definitely drop it to our DMs and let us know that you've listened to this episode and enjoyed it um, as well. So thank you so much for okay. spending your hour with me and hanging out during this recording. Um, and I will talk to you soon. Of course. Thank you so much. Are you searching for a simple way to run your business sustainably as you create your best life? Click the link in the show notes to learn about upcoming workshops or speaking events and to work with me directly. I'll teach you my methodology for applying psychology to your business strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can avoid burnout and confidently step into leadership and own your expertise. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. Now go the extra mile and even leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help more women listen in and join our community. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. Until next time, dream loudly.